Corey, if you would, go ahead and come up. And um, yeah, come on. And she, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. I just thought about this the next six weeks, uh, starting next week. And this is a way that the kingdom of God is brought to people in our lives by taking care of them, by helping, by loving. So anyway, here's Lori. Thank you very much, Pastor. It's an honor to be here. Wasn't worship amazing? Did you not love the promise that every knee will bow? Every knee will bow. Philippians 2 speaks to that. And that was just so encouraging when we were worshiping that the Lord spoke to me. He's like, wow, every knee will bow. And you have a part of that. You play a part in a role in the kingdom of God to lead others to the lordship of Jesus Christ, to enter them into the kingdom and to usher them in. And we get to do that through the ministries that the Lord places in front of us and gives us an opportunity to minister in, to worship in, to serve in. And that's a part of, like Pastor Cal was saying, a part of what we get to do. We get the honor and the privilege to walk alongside King Jesus in the ministry of the kingdom, right? And so, uh, like Pastor Cal was saying, and Teresa, thank you so much for having us here. It's an honor. My name is Lori Key. My husband Greg and I worship at Renewed Life Church in Arlington, Texas. That's where we get the honor to worship and serve together in the kingdom of God in our little nation of Arlington. About a year ago, I was asked and invited to serve with Safe Families for Children DFW. I had asked the Lord um, for a little part-time job Okay, in the midst of a pandemic, right? And what did he do? He gave me one. He gave me an opportunity to serve with this amazing, amazing ministry that, that serves women, children, husbands, and their families when they are in crisis. And we know that there is a crisis before us, right? Um, but before we get into a little bit more about how you can be involved, we all have a story, don't we? We all have a salvation story. We all have that coming to Jesus moment where we're just wrecked, right, radically by King Jesus. And in 2005, the Lord met me. The Lord met me and encountered me on the floor in my condo in South Florida. And it was amazing. And my life was never the same, right, when we're changed so radically by the love of Jesus. And so that's where the adventure began. That's where the story began with Jesus was in 2005. And the Lord led me to an organization called Urban Youth Impact in this inner city of West Palm Beach. That is where I grew up, born and raised in South Florida. And he took me back to the inner city where I went to high school. And I grew up like what we called out west in the country. But I went to school, to high school in town in the inner city of West Palm Beach. Well, okay, how many years ago? See, well, I've been out of school for a long time. Um, but it was, in, I graduated in 87, and he brought me back to the inner city in, in 2005. And I fell in love. I fell in love with the gospel, and I fell in love with Jesus. Do you remember that experience that you had when you, just, when you just radically fell in love with Jesus and he just captured your heart and he just took you in and you just couldn't wait to be where he was? I just want to be where Jesus is. I don't know where he's going, but I want to be there and I want to go with him. And I'm going. Okay, I don't know what this looks like. And you just step out in radical faith, right? 
and you just move. And you just move in the spirit of God because he says, go. So I went to the inner city, and I volunteered one time, and it was at a Christmas carnival. I went home that Saturday, and I got online because I wanted to volunteer. So I fill out the volunteer application. I can't, on Monday, I'm calling them. Okay, they probably hadn't even gotten to work yet, and I'm already calling them. I want to serve. Did you get my application? Well, so then when I finally got to speak with somebody a couple days later, they were like, well, did you, did you want a job application or a volunteer application? I'm like, oh, job application? Well, tell me about this little job. Because, you know, when, you're, when, when you meet the Lord, you're just, like, open to what he's got for you. And so I'm like, okay, tell me about this little, this little job. I'm going to do this little job. I got hired before I even volunteered, okay, at this little inner city youth ministry in West Palm Beach. And in the inner city that I know nothing about, but I just know that I'm radically in love with Jesus. And I said, yes. So I said, yes. And he said, go. And I said, okay. So I end up with, as an after-school coordinator in a little area of, um, is actually, it was Lantana. It was this little city of Lantana in, um, in, right outside of West Palm. And it was amazing. I was in this little community center with these little kids, and it was radically changing my life. I think it was more, more about what Jesus was doing in me than what I was with those little kids because it was just me and these kids and it was an opportunity opportunity for me to walk through the door and be with Jesus and to be with these kids and I'm, I'm, I'm out there playing with them I'm doing all kinds of you know all kinds of fun things so and I ended up staying at that ministry for two years I'm 38 years old at the time and the Lord now has me on a bus going to Branson, Missouri with 50 inner city kids. And I was like, oh, mercy. Wow, Lord. I can't believe that I get to do this. I can't believe that I get to do this at 38 years old. What are you going to do next? So I got to do that for two years. And so right after that, after being at the inner city youth ministry for two years, the Lord said, go to Texas. Okay. So he used, I say he used my grandmother, but he, he encouraged me to go be with my grandmother. So I've, I come out to Texas. I'm here within five months. I'm, I'm moving. I'm, he's giving me dates. He says, this is when you're going to do it. You're going to pack. You're going to do this. Blah, blah. So I'm put, he's putting all this in line and in order, right? So I get out here to Texas in January of 2008. And six months later, my grandmother passed away. And it was it was not, it was sudden, unexpected, and I was like, oh, wow, Lord, I thought, you know, whew, we were going to have a little bit longer time, right? But the Lord, the Lord did that and moved in my heart because he knew I would move at that time in my life, and he had me spend the last six months of my grandma's life because he knew, right? He knew because that day was written in his book of life a long time ago. And so I get back from Florida because um, we had the, uh, the service in Fort Lauderdale. I get back and I said, oh my gosh, Lord, now what? And he says, the fun's going to begin. So that's when he absolutely continued to wreck my life. It was more of him and less of me. You know, so that a lot of that flesh is being burned off. So... I was a paralegal 
for about 18, 19 years. And, you know, I transition, I was starting the transition in Florida into ministry. Coming to Texas, I worked in a law firm for about a year, and after I lost my job, the Lord said, okay, we're going to make this transition even more permanent. And so he led me to Fort Worth, to Lancaster, where I filled out a job application at the Presbyterian Night Shelter for a case aid. And I didn't know how much money I was going to make, but I knew that's where he needed me to be. And so when I got hired for the job, it was $9.50 an hour. I couldn't possibly live on $9.50 an hour. My, my rent was almost eight dollars $900. You know, I was going to be driving from, from Irving to Fort Worth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, now what am I going to do? And remember, okay, at that time, too, the housing market was taking a plunge. And in South Florida, it got hit pretty hard. And at the time, I had, two, I had a townhouse and a condo in Florida, and they were going into foreclosure. The renters decided they weren't going to pay because of all the, the foreclosures and everything was going on and stuff was happening. And so, okay, all my savings is gone. I can't keep these. You know, I, I talked to the banks, you know, ad nauseum saying, look, this is my responsibility. How do I make this right? Well, their, their protocols and so forth and so on weren't going to um, allow me to even refinance or even try to keep the houses because I did not live in them and I lived in another state. So I'm ha- so you see how he's taking, I'm gonna say like taking everything away, but he's given me an opportunity to trust him even more. $9.50 an hour, houses going into foreclosures, I have no money, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm trusting him and stepping out in this deep, deep faith. My family's in, in South Florida. My grandma just died. You know, I had a couple family members here, but this is a whole new life for me beyond anything that I had ever imagined in, in my little in my little home, in my little, in my little um, community of South Florida. I've never lived any, anywhere outside of that. Now, I've traveled, but never lived anywhere outside of that, especially without my family. And then you know when the Lord says go, you go, and you pick up your cross, right? And you sell your possessions, and you, 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 you go. So this is the process of what's happening and taking place in my life. And, of course, it's humbling. It's very humbling. You know, we're, you know now I'm, I'm turning almost 40 years old, and I'm single. And I'm having to trust in ways I've never trusted before. So when he leads me down to Lancaster at the homeless shelter, $9.50 an hour. He just starts moving mountains. I mean, it was a mustard seed of faith that was happening and taking place. He, re- he started removing all the barriers and the obstacles, and I started downsizing. There's, a, there's an action to our faith, and I had to take an action to sell everything literally. So I was, put, I was doing um, garage sales, yard sales, putting things out there, giving things away. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. And even the apartment complex forgave me for breaking my lease. And I say they forgave me. The Lord gave me favor in that area as well. So I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't have a broken lease on, on my record. They totally um, forgave that. 
I moved in with a couple that I went to, on a mission trip with to Maciel, Brazil. I stayed with them for a little while, and then while I was there, I, I registered to go to school so I could finish my education, and I ended up going to Dallas Baptist University, and I completed my degree there in Christian Ministries. All this time I'm working at the shelter. I was there for about two and a half years, working with um, a caseload of t about 20 or so chronically homeless individuals. So I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that area and on the streets about poverty, about homelessness, about the kingdom of God, because the Lord had opened a world up to me that I had no idea about. Because in my little, in my what I thought was a little sheltered area of of Loxahatchee, Florida, the Lord just opened the world to me here in Fort Worth. So I was there for two and a half years. And then from there, I was at a church that um, we started a women's home, a women's ministry, was there for about a year and a half with Southside City Church and True Faith Community, where women who were incarcerated coming out of incarceration, individuals coming in off the streets, people with, you know, struggling with addiction. You know, there's, there's the whole gamut of, of, uh, of brokenness, right? I was there for about a year and a half. Also during that time, I was able to go on a trip to Burkina Faso, West Africa. I was there for over 30, over 30 or so days and went there by myself. Went to Burkina by myself. These are these moves and these actions of faith because the Lord said go and I did. And originally we were gonna have two teams go and the teams canceled. And I said, okay, now what Lord? He says, you're still gonna go. So, okay, so I go to this foreign country by myself, not knowing anybody, but, you know, the Lord had made a way. And I got to spend 33 days in Burkina with some amazing, amazing men and women of God, where the Lord opened up yet another world. Another world was opened up to me. When I came home, that's when I met my husband, um, Greg Key, and... Uh, we were we were married not sure you know not long after that and so you see how the progression of god's god's promises in our lives continue to compel us to move with compassion he gives us the desires of our heart because it's his desires when we pray and ask god to move he moves when we ask him to open the doors to ministry to, to serve, to be a part of a community, to be, be something bigger than ourselves, much larger than ourselves, because this was much larger than anything I could have ever imagined in my life. You know what? He says, I can abundantly do more than you ever hope or ask. This is it. And, there's, and it's, still, it's still unfolding and unfolding and unfolding right before me it hasn't stopped and just when i think it's the, the end there's another it, there it is there there could possibly be an end but there's a bigger beginning there's a bigger beginning for each and every single one of us in the kingdom of god to do something that is way bigger than us it is astronomical and you know how you know that it's god is when you do the radical astronomical thing that only he can do because it's not within my power my might my will but his that's when that spirit of god comes and, and rests on us and he moves us he moves us into who we are who we're called to be 
Our identity begins to form and transition. That is exciting. So if you're being stirred in your spirit and you're wondering and asking, man, what am I created to do? Ask him. He'll tell you. What am I, ask him, what are your, what, God, what would you have me do for you? Remember, it's about him, it's not about us. What would you have me to do? How do you want me to partner with you on this mission? And Save Families for Children, DFW, is a mission to radically transform with, with generous hospitality, right? That generous, radical hospitality to open our hearts and our homes to individuals who, who are hurting and broken and lost, whose families are in crisis, in deep, deep crisis. And it's one crisis after another. Is this mission hard? Yes. But if he's called you to it, he will equip you for it. He has given you exactly what you need. And even when you think you don't have it, because trust me, I don't have it. He does. He did this in and through me. I have no idea because if he would have told me or even give me a glimpse of what he would have before me, I would have said no. I would have said absolutely not. That is too big for me. That is too much for me. I might have even gotten scared. And guess what? There were times that I, I have been fearful but you know what we do it scared anyway don't we just do it scared well what if I fall well what if you fall what if I fail okay what if you fail you know what? because the whole, he's gonna the Lord's gonna pick you right back up and we're gonna get right back on our feet and we're gonna keep going 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 and yes you know what when we do things for the Lord there's gonna be distractions Things are going to happen. Everything in our life is about to unfold. It's going to come apart. <laughs> it really, truly is. So get ready. Embrace yourself. It's okay. I'm standing here to tell you it is okay. And it's the, been the best radical transformation in my life that I could have ever hoped or dreamed for. It's been a life laid out for the Lord. It's been a life surrendered and sacrificed and and it's and it's painfully good. It can be so painfully good because he's transforming me into his image so that I can go into all the world so that you can go into the, all of the world to do what he's called and created you to do because there's a great commission before you that he says go into all of the world. And we have a lot of nations here. Your pastor spoke about it. I mean, there's a representation here. And this is a nation that is ready to rise up in your very own community and in this DFW area to bring the truth of the gospel to those who are very weary about him and about the church. He will do a cleansing in your life and it's good because that's what the experience brings the experience brings that deep inner healing and cleansing of just letting go of self of letting go of self and then watching the body of Christ rise up and walk with you and that's what we want to do even at safe families is to walk alongside of you so I'm going to ask you do you have a story do you have a testimony 
that you can share with others that would encourage them in, in their destiny, in their calling. Maybe even have a, a story of hope where maybe once you were in, in, in a place of crisis. Or maybe you've never experienced anything like this, but are willing to say yes to God and go, you know what, God, I've, I've never experienced this, but I'm willing to learn. I am willing to lay down my life to partner with you. I'm willing to lay down my life to stand with you. It's, it's, it's what he wants to do. It's an invitation. You know, the Great Commission is an invitation. Salvation is an invitation. To be in relationship, to abide in Christ Jesus. John 15, 1 through 6, says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking to you. He's speaking to us. These are in the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Are you ready to be pruned? That it may, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean, and because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide. That's a good word. Abide. That means to dwell and to stand with. We get to abide and stand with and dwell with Jesus. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned I don't know about you, but I don't want to be thrown into the fire and burned. I don't want to wither and not do what God's called me to do on this earth while I have the opportunity to do it on this side of heaven. And to be a light in somebody's life. And to live in transparent, authentic, genuine community. Because guess what? I miss the mark a lot. But God's grace and the power of his strength pushes me through. Because it's not by my might, but his. His power, not mine. His grace. His power, his might in me to do what he's called me to do. What he's called you to do. There is a charge and a command to each and every one of you to stand with him, to abide with him, to bear good fruit. I don't believe it's an option. What's the choice? What choice will you make today? What is the Lord putting on your heart to do? 
How is he moving you? How is he speaking to you? You have amazing pastors here in this church that want to walk alongside of you, that want to encourage you. I mean, uh, Pastor Lucas, congratulations in his calling and gave him a local license because y'all believe in him. They also believe in each and every single one of you. You may not be called to be a pastor. You may be called to hospitality. Because guess what? Hospitality is a gift. Because hospitality is laying out the table. It is making a way. It's putting a spread out to make people feel warm and comfortable and welcoming. If you get to clean this building, praise God. You are not only cleaning this building physically, but you get to walk through spiritually and pray through this building wow that's pretty awesome so do you see how powerful your calling is and your purpose is because every part of the church needs every part of the body every single part of the body to move in unity and together there's a flow when the holy we sang it this morning come holy spirit Come, Holy Spirit, you are in this place. What if that place is you? The place that he resides, where he dwells, where he abides, where that fruit is going to bear much. Do you have a story? What is your story? What moves you? So in the moments of self-reflection, and deep soul searching. What does God show you? What has he shown you? It might be something today. It might be something from five, ten years ago that he's stirring up, and maybe he's reminding you of it today. What challenges you? What are your fears and apprehensions? Are our stories similar? What can we do together in this calling, in this connection? What is the common thread? What is the shared ground? And where do our lives intersect in hope, in love, and in community as the body of Christ? There's a connection that is going on and taking place when the Holy Spirit is moving in and through us. Where do you want to go with him? Where do you want to flow with him? Some of you are, are, are just coming into knowing who you are. Maybe some um, of you are retired and you're looking for, for a way to serve. Or maybe you are empty nesters. See, there's a time and season for everything, isn't there? What about the young children? How are you modeling Titus men and women? Who are you mentoring? Who are you speaking into? Who are you encouraging and mentoring, discipling, and raising them up? They're watching. They, they need to know that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's going to see that through you. He's going to see that in truth and in, in action and in love by a faith the size of a mustard seed working in and through your lives. I know that you guys are going to get to do communion today.
And what an awesome time to do that because the Holy Spirit's moving. And he has spoken and he is speaking and he wants you to spend some time in communion with him. Because he stirred something up. And we're here to pray with you. Your pastors are here to pray with you. Um, I will be out in the uh, lobby to talk with anybody about your calling, about serving with, with safe families for children. You can start out small. It doesn't have to be really super big. We do have the opportunity for host families where you open your house and your home to children. You could be a family friend where you provide respite to the host family, to the mom, and by taking the children and inviting them into your home or maybe even taking them to the water park with you and your children. And they get to see Jesus in and through you. There was a mom at the Union Gospel Mission last year. She was there at the shelter in the women and children's side, and she was in a program. She was pregnant with a young a youngin. When you're in the shelter and you're pregnant and you're getting ready to give birth, what do you do with your youngin? When you don't have family or anybody to watch the child, that's a scary situation to think about, isn't it? Like, where's my child going to go? I'm, on, I'm at a shelter on Lancaster. I can't leave my child here, and, they're not, and, and the shelter can't do it. The, share, the shelter doesn't have that opportunity for your child to stay I mean, overnight, unsupervised, without a parent. It's not, it's, legally they can't do it, and, you know, for safety purposes, it's, you know, they can't do it. So because of safe families, this mom learned of us, called, we did the intake, and our, and my director was able to, um, to find a host family just to watch the child for just a couple days. You know, of course, mom was apprehensive, but because the family went and took the time to sit with mom, to meet with mom, to connect with mom, mom felt love. A peace came over her, and she knew her child was going to be okay while she could go give birth to her baby. And now these families are connected. These families are connected because love connected them, because radical hospitality was given because wouldn't Jesus open his heart and his home? And I believe that he did. To bring all of us into the kingdom with him. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So we need him. So I'd like to talk to you about your place to serve. Like your pastor said, we are in relationship. He want, he, his heart's desire is for this community to be in relationship and partnership with Safe Families for Children walking alongside these families in crisis. Are you willing to do that? Will you consider partnering 
with the Lord, with Jesus, partner with him in this ministry that needs you, in a kingdom that needs you. So I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for the opportunity to get to speak into what the Lord is doing. So before communion, we do have a, a short video, maybe about four or five minutes, um, that will, it's, it's Dave Anderson, who is our founder, and it's, a, it's, a, it's from one of our um, Florida chapters. And, um, but I want, I want it to be another introduction into the lives of safe families, into who we are, and into our founder and his heart. There are currently over 400,000 kids in the foster care system in the United States. Kids don't do well in foster care. Kids just don't even understand it. They don't understand, why can't I live with my mom? It just doesn't make sense. This is Dave Anderson, a Chicago-based psychologist who, along with his wife Karen, is rethinking our country's foster care system. Their movement, Safe Families for Children, is based on a simple idea. Create a community of support for parents in crisis. While Dave is the first to say that there are situations that require kids be removed from the care of their parents, he believes the vast majority of individuals caught up in the foster care system are really good people who love their kids. But they happen to be alone and facing crisis. If you dig a little deeper, why? Why were things not going well? They didn't have the family, the friends, the neighbors who could step in to provide the extra support. Safe Families exists to provide a supportive community and resources to struggling parents before it becomes necessary for the state to come in and remove their children. They do this through offering parents in crisis host families who can house and care for their children while they get back on their feet. They also provide parenting classes, mentorship, and financial support. We believe that that parent is capable, if given enough support, to be the parent that their children need them to be. It's really all about relationships. If they're in their situation because of social isolation, they need relationships that continue after kids are returned home. Under Dave and Karen's leadership, Safe Families has grown to an organization that is active in 40 states and most significantly sees parents reunified with their kids 95% of the time. For context, that's nearly double the reunification rate of the foster care system. So with a model this successful, Dave wanted to take this to every state, but he needed help. Enter Stand Together. Stand Together is a philanthropic community that partners with nonprofit leaders and helps take their efforts to the next level. And they're helping safe families grow. This is Terrence Mathis, and he works with Stand Together Foundation. Hey Dave, how you doing my friend? Good Terrence, how are you? We believe that Safe Families has a model that is so bold and so dynamic that as a partner we can significantly reduce the number of children that's going into this traditional foster care system. Stand Together Foundation is providing safe families with both financial and operational support. And because of this, Safe Families is aggressively expanding into New York City, Los Angeles, and most significantly, they're going statewide in Florida. This means that tens of thousands of families across the state of Florida will have access to the community and support they offer. But this is only the beginning. With Stand Together's help, Dave has set another ambitious goal for the movement. His dream is to get to one million volunteers in the next three years. 
Dave thinks this could truly transform the foster care system. We could take out all the kids that don't really need it, so the system can only care for those that really need it. Just incredible to think about the opportunities that we have. But it's not just the financial and operational support that means so much to Dave. Being a social entrepreneur is a really a lonely place to be. Terrence has really become a friend of mine, and that was an incredible surprise to me. It is a person-to-person -person relationship. It is simple as calling Dave and say, hey Dave, I'm just calling to check on you. I just want to see how you're doing. He really believes in me, and he gives me the hope that I need to continue to do what I'm doing. Since we partnered with Stand Together, we've grown tremendously. Safe Families has committed themselves to keeping families together. This is a model that has the ability to change the face of foster care in this country. In the last 15 years, Dave, Karen, and their team have helped tens of thousands of kids, and they're just getting started. Thanks for watching. Visit standtogether.org to learn more about the innovators tackling our country's biggest challenges. There are currently over 400,000. What an awesome opportunity we have to stand together. Will you be a part of the one million volunteers to serve this safe in the safe family movement? Will you consider that? Will you pray about it? Will you take it to the Lord and be a part of what the Lord is doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. May I pray with you? So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for what you've imparted into our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in such a way that we don't even know even how you moved, but you're moving. You've done a powerful work here today, and that work, that seed has been planted, that mustard seed of faith is planted and imparted into each and every single one of us. We will stand together, and we will be the church to do what you've called and created us to do. Thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray, amen.